What's up, everybody? Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Ranger Nutrition. Uh, Ranger Nutrition is a disabled veteran-owned company. Uh, they make all-natural sports nutrition products. Uh, all products are made uh, right here in the state, uh, just as they should be. Uh, they also, 5% of all their sales go to a warrior's mind. Uh, it's a great organization. We're, we're glad to be a part of it. Uh, but they make uh, protein powder. They make pre-workout formulas. Uh, they make weight loss products. Uh, they've also uh, they've got a lot of stuff uh, they're working on, they're coming up with. Or they're going to do away with some other products. Uh, they're coming out with some better products. Uh, but they're really, uh, it's a really great company. Uh, they, they're just great. They really are. I can't, I can't say enough about them. I love their products. I take them. My wife takes them. Uh, BJ takes them. Mr. Sproles takes them. Uh, they, they're just great. They really are. Uh, but you can go to rangenutrition.com, uh, use promo code SMUGCAST, and you will get 15% off your order. Uh, you also, uh, we got Jay's Wings and Seafood over on the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, you can call in your order and save a little time. Uh, it's 317-890-0088. Uh, they are located at 8237 Pendleton Pike in Lawrence, Indiana. Uh, 46226. Uh, you can pop in there, give them promo code SMUGCASH, and you'll get 10% off your order. Uh, also, a big shout out to Repo Records. Uh, they help us out with the audio each and every week. Uh, I know they, uh, they've been helping us out a lot here lately since we've got this new board, uh, but that's Repo Records taking the music back. Um, this week's episode uh, is a uh, is a great one. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. I know it is Mr. Sproles too. Uh, BJ's a big fan. Uh, since the uh, Indy 500 is coming up, we decided we would uh, do an Indy 500 podcast. Uh, Tim's uh, stepdad, uh, Rich, is a uh, has I think something like he's been to like 57 consecutive uh, Indy 500s. Uh, but this man knows more about the Indy 500, the track. Uh, you know the whole deal he knows more about it than any, anybody I know um, it's kind of a long episode uh, but we get to, we get to hear a lot of just really awesome stories uh, from over the years that uh, you know Rich has experienced um, also uh, we did lose a uh, uh, an awesome awesome singer uh, this past week uh, Mr. Chris Cornell uh, so we a little little dedication to him in the beginning we talked a little bit about suicide awareness um, and, uh, <laughs> I actually, my brain would not work during this episode. I kept having to look shit up because I couldn't remember the damn people's names. And, uh, I forgot Chris Cornell's name right at the beginning. Felt like a jackass. So, uh, I, excuse me for that. I, uh, brain was not working. <laughs> so, uh, but it's still, uh, it's a great episode. Uh, sit back and enjoy these stories. They are, uh, they're amazing. So with that. This is Smugcast.
What's up? It's AP. Uh, welcome to Smugcast. Uh, this week we got a, a special a special episode. We have, uh, since the Indy 500 is coming up in uh, the state of Indiana, uh, be coming uh, this Sunday, uh, we decided we would do an Indy 500 podcast. So, um, with me as always, the BJ. Afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, also with us today, Mr. Sproles. You beautiful bastards. I know I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, the special guest today with us that uh, is going to teach us probably more about the Indy 500 than uh, all of us combined would know. Uh, we're just going to call him Rich. How you doing? I uh, we are fantastic. We're good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I, Mr. This is this is actually uh, Mr. Sproles's uh, stepfather, and uh, he has been to fifty. Was it fifty two? Fifty seven. Fifty seven. This year there will be my fifty seventh. This will be fifty seventh consecutive Indy five hundred, which is a a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? I'm sixty five. So he's damn. That's <laughs> I shit. <laughs> AP can do math. <laughs> it just, I just clicked. I, I don't know. Like I, I said, he said fifty seven, and I wasn't even thinking about it because my dad's like fifty eight. So I, I don't know. It never clicked with me that he's literally been his entire life. Uh, also, he is a uh, recently retired from the uh, Franklin Fire Department after thirty nine years. And my favorite part, he's a great lover. Of women. That's right. <laughs> um, also, as you heard in the intro, we played a little se- we played a little audio slave uh, that is in the uh, for the passing of um, uh, shit. Now I've got his fucking Chris Cornell. <laughs> Chris Cornell. Yeah, hey, hello. I even could have told you that. I just, I just said it like two minutes ago. <laughs> Nothing beats piggybacked on someone dying and not remember their name. <laughs> I, uh, Epic fail. No, I, it was funny because earlier I was sitting there and you know, I was thinking about the intro of what I was going to do because I wanted to do something because, I mean, I listened to Audio Slave like it was going out of style back in the day. And that's Soundgarden. And um, I was like, I was trying to think of what I was going to say and I forgot it while I was sitting on the couch. And I was like, and I literally, I was like, how, how does, how do I forget what his name is? And I sat there for a second. I got so mad and just like infuriated with myself i was like well, how do i not remember chris Cornet? oh <laughs> never mind i got it and then of course i forget i yeah that actually I brain fart. uh tom morello from rage against machine um and that's when i first started listening to audio slave because i was a big rage against machine fan and um and they were one the coolest thing about the band was is i actually am a big fan of theirs is they use just guitars drums there was not a bunch of uh synth- synthetic sounds in it it was all natural and that was what one, one of the reasons i loved about it plus it was kind of post the grunt post grunge didn't he used to oh. use like an allen wrench for his oh i don't know stuff i, yeah. know. I think he did he tom morell yeah he's yeah. oh yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. I lo- yeah i just loved him when the first time um we actually used a rage machine rage against the machine song when we came to the ring uh bulls on parade and uh <laughs> I just, I don't know, Rage, I loved Rage, and then after they stopped doing it, and then uh, Zach stopped doing it, and then they went to Audio Slave. It was like, I love, uh, yeah. it's great. It was oh, a great yeah. sound. It was a oh, natural yeah. sound. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, there's, there's one song, and 
that I um, that I I don't know I posted the other day on Facebook, and it was the "Be Yourself" song, and I it was it was weird why um, when I was listening to that song because it was way after it came out, and I just I don't know I, some reason I loved that song, and um, <clears throat> it was weird because like if you listen to that song. Um, there you know if you listen to like the first you know the first few lyrics you know there's a part in like the second or third line where it says um um about a uh or uh shit <laughs> i'm drawing a why am i fuck am i doing this anyways Head um, injuries, dude cocaine's a hell of a drug yeah cocaine's a hell of a drug um but it talks about uh you know somebody married you know getting getting married right and then it says someone lays a dozen white roses on a grave well, at that point in time, me and uh, my wife had just gotten married, right? And uh, the last two people that we saw before we left the hotel that morning, and, you know, my wife was obviously hungover. I mean, Mr. Sproles was at that wedding reception, <laughs> and that was probably the greatest wedding reception of all time, um, was uh, her friend from where she went to grad school and her husband. And um, that was the last time that we saw her. Well, we went to, you know, my wife's a big Kid Rock fan. We went to Kid Rock concert. And as we're leaving that concert, we get the call. She was in a car wreck. You know, this girl was 26, 27 years old. Gosh. I mean, it was, you know, the same year that we got married and then she died. And, it, you know, the whole thing with White Roses is somebody who's young, that when they die, that's what you do. You put White Roses on their grave. And I was and it, I was like I can't listen to that fucking song anymore. <laughs> Too much of that shit's coming true. I remember I remember that. I remember you guys telling me about that. Mm. It was it was a bad deal, but that's that's you know that's dude hung himself, so we're not gonna dwell on it too awful much. But today, uh, like I said, the Indy 500 is coming up. Well, real fast, but I'm yeah. But him hanging himself actually is is bringing a lot more to light about the mental illness. Instead, my wife just had a, her friend hang, oh, him, yeah, hang that's himself, right. that's married right. two kids. Perception was a great life, and then all of a sudden they found him dead. I I actually uh, was going to look up the phone number to the suicide prevention hotline, and I forgot. But the problem is you can't. About this. The problem is no, you, can't, you can't tell. No, like, you can't. Yeah, there's no symptoms. But I mean, like we're obvious symptoms. Like I'm open with my craziness. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, there, there's a. You know, I mean, I, I feel like. Uh, I mean, we should put it out, but um, there is a. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I've known people that's committed suicide. You know, and it sucked. But, you know, I, I feel like if somebody's listening to this show and is feeling depressed as fuck and, like, they're going to kill themselves, you know, fucking listen, put out a fucking phone number and, you know, say, hey, man, shit's going to get better. Like, it always does. It always. Fucking water always finds even. It's always going to get better. It has to. I just, can I just say? Yeah. On the fire department, I went to a few scenes of uh, suicides and I got the opinion that it was the most selfish thing anyone could ever do because they have no idea what it does to their family. Yeah. If they would just think of their family. Yeah. They would never do it. It, It's, uh, it is not the answer. No, it absolutely isn't. So, and I mean, they, you know, and uh, at at those, at those point in times, I mean, I know like depression runs in my family and it scares the shit out of me. (laughs) I mean, it really does, you know, but I, you know, I've always felt like, I'm the I'm the type of person like like that shit's not gonna happen to me, you know what I mean? I've fought you know I fought off addiction, I fought off all kinds of shit because I had the fucking willpower 
to to deal with it but then you listen to people talk who are like you know clinically depressed like shit's fucked up in your head and you have no control over it so it scares the shit out of me but you know i, I it's you know you think i mean i, I mean i think the, I, I mean i think the same way like you know that's selfish as fuck you know especially for me like if i was to kill myself like my fucking kids my wife you know i mean people don't you don't but when you're in that stage like you don't think of that shit yeah, a lot of them think they're better off without them. Yeah, exactly. It's um, and yeah, it says in my little chart. It says clinically they're manic depressant and anxiety or whatever. And then yeah. it's 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 a battle. Yeah. Did you look up that number? Yeah, I got it right here for What's you. What's the phone number? Uh, National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline is call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Once again, it's call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. And then also we'll put it on um. Yeah, we'll post we'll it down and everything like that. Yeah, I mean because. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. No, they don't. I no. mean, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a uh, I mean, it's a bad deal, man. I mean, it's you know, my, my wife is a psychologist, so I mean, she deals with you know people that are fucked up in the heads. I mean, that's a bad way to say it, but I mean, she deals with you know people who have chemical imbalances, you know, who who just like who really screw up their kids you know so she's dealing with these kids but you know it's it's uh you know you know from one from one point you know people always say uh, well why don't you just stop you know like with drug addiction or something you know why don't you just stop well it's you know it's not that it's not that damn easy you know why don't you just quit being depressed just go do something fun it's like bitch it's not that easy <laughs> you know what i it's mean it's kind of like stop being an asshole it's not that easy it's <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying for years i've been in therapy groups too i thought by doing this podcast make me a better person but oh you thought wrong now that we got <laughs> now that we got recognition and then people yeah. like us it's, uh-huh. even, it's even easier now yeah it's even easier to be an asshole <laughs> but no uh, we'll, we'll get off the we got off the sad stuff man it's just a bad deal he was uh, i mean a freaking awesome singer you know, I was, I, actually was the the other things i read i mean he 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 actually wrote one of the scores for uh, Casino Royale for um, James Bond. Yeah, like he was a, he was a musical genius. He was, he was. I mean, and there, those are the people that I just love. I saw a uh, who's that you're talking about? Chris Cornell. I just want to make sure uh-huh. you remember the uh-huh. name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it as soon as you said it. I thought he's testing me. <laughs> he's like, all he wants to know. But I, but I, uh, I uh, read a thing the other day on Facebook. You know, I obviously have a few musicians that we follow. Chad being one of them, and. Um, one of his buddies had posted how you know it was it's kind of it's uh, one thing you just don't do is you don't cover anything that chris cornell has played because you'll never do his vocals justice oh god no and you know it, it, they're just i i don't know any other singer that could even come remotely close the only one's already dead because he died of a heroin overdose but um I, it just but the dude did it and he did it in his own way and i mean it worked it was good you know, he, t- he he was ballsy. He was like, you know, just because he respected the guy so much, he was like, you know, I got to do something. So, but anyway, that's uh, that's that. And um, we are now on to the Indy 500. Woo! We, like I said, we have uh, a man who probably knows more about the Indy 500 than anybody that I know of. And my mom was a huge Indy 500 fan. I mean, I, I, she took me and my sister to the track. We had a cooler full of squeezits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had, you know, ham sandwiches. I mean, my mom packed a cooler. 
to take us through the track to to watch Mario Andretti. Yeah. And I don't think we ever actually saw Mario Andretti race. I can't remember, but I know he never made it to the finish except for once. And I believe that was in 69. That's when he won. But he, he finished, uh, oh, he finished second in 85, I can think of right offhand. Yeah. Uh, as when Danny Sullivan spun right in front of him. Yep. Mm. And Sullivan. I remember that. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sullivan should have hit the wall. And yeah. He didn't. And, uh, and if you look at that film, Mario made a hell of a dive to the inside to miss him. Yeah. And how he. How he kept control of the car, I don't know, because if if you look real close, as Mario turns to the left, he's leaving tire marks. Yeah. So he, he did he did a good job that's missing awesome, him. Man. I mean, my mom was a just diehard Andretti fan. Mm-hmm. It was the month of May. Dude, she, she would go. My mom never. My mom was so just like low key. Like she never really, you know, paid a lot to get her hair done. You know, never. I mean, she just she just didn't care about that shit. But when the month of May came, dude, she go get her nails done, and it was like <laughs> like one year it was like all the colors of the flags, you know, and oh, how yeah. they were, you know how they were designed. Um, you know, one year it was like all all checkered. You know, I mean, I mean she paid some, she paid some money for that shit. But I mean, every year, man, I I remember as a kid. I mean, we spent a lot of time you know at, at the track during the month of may you know i mean my parents are divorced so it was like you know every other weekend you know we were with my mom so she was like what are we doing i was like we're going she's like we're going to the track oh yeah <laughs> like, all right let's go i um you know where the kroger is on 16th street yeah i uh I, there was a company i worked for we had a, my store was in there i loved it because <laughs> everybody would come to that kroger oh yeah and um it was one of the biggest krogers in i think indiana actually now because of that but I got the. You could step out back of the store and you could just hear the engines going. Oh, it was yeah. a cool oh, sound. We go back out there, have some heaters, and you just listen to them. There's no, there's no more awesome sound. Than and, then, them tr- cars and then vendors would, vendors would come to us and ask us for things. Yeah, um, I got to take refrigerators to the Moto GP. We got to supply all the refrigerators. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I got to supply TVs for Oakleys. Oh wow. Oakley. Yeah. They came in and they wanted the TV to promote their their brand. I was like, uh, sure. He's like, well, how much? I was like, nah, dude, we'll just help you out, no problem. Because <laughs> yeah. um, um, we got to go down the track and set it up for him. He was like, all right, come out here. He opened up his trunk, about 3,000 pairs of Oakleys. He's like, all right. He just started throwing brand new $180 Oakleys at us. And then I got to, I remember the first time I went to the track, and it was back. Nothing was there. It was before everybody came in. We were setting up the refrigerators and just walking behind there. I'm like, holy cow. Like, if you go to certain places, you can just tell that you're someplace legendary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The track, for sure. And those garages are so small, but they're so cool to how they're bricked in back there. Yeah. Because they're just, like, real small back and forth, and it it was one of the coolest things I've ever got to go experience. Man, I can can still hear, you know, know, in the back of my mind that, and he's on it. (laughs) Yeah. Tom Carnegie's the greatest announcer ever had. And I just, my mom... She would always, uh, you know, you'd hear that, you know, and you'd see a car go by a couple times, and she'd go, "Oh, that's a, that's a track record." Yeah. And I'd go, I'd go, "What? What's a, what's a, you know what's a track record?" And then all of a sudden, you go, "It's a new track." <laughs> you know, you used to hear that shit all the time. You know, and now of course, you know, you don't really, you know, they've they've done so much to the cars to slow them to slow them down. You know, what's a track record? Two thirty six, I think. Is it Ari Leindyke said yeah. ninety six? Yeah. And uh, it, it it's got so expensive that uh, 
Well, if they kept going on, going on track record, they'd be running 250. And, yeah. And uh, like Bourdais hit the wall today. And the last we heard, he was in the hospital, but they didn't give us any kind of condition or what, what yeah. he's in there for or anything. But he hit it at 231. That's a, that's the speed God. he hit it at? Yeah. That's, we're, we're, you know, we're, this, we're recording this on uh, actually Saturday. And I know this isn't going to be out till Monday. And um, we, uh, I, I, I flipped it on earlier and I uh, was watching some of qualifying. And uh, Bourdais was going around the track. And uh, I, I literally, I was talking to my wife and I just looked back at the TV and I saw the ass in kick. Yeah. And then I went, oh shit! And so. it was just—I mean, I, there was—you know—it was just a reaction. I don't even know—I I don't even know if you know—I could have stopped it, but uh, you know, it was just mm. like it was like, oh shit, that's not—you know—you know, you know, I've watched Indy long enough to know, like, oh shit, that yeah. guy's fucked. And by he went head on into that damn wall. He did. It, thank God for the safer barriers. Oh yeah, and for the. Uh, the survival cells, what they call it now, is the, basically the chassis where the driver sits. Yeah, the little pod. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it, you know, I showed you Gordon Smiley's wreck yeah. in 82 and how much the cars have improved since then because he hit head on. And, it, and there was no safer <laughs> barrier back then. It was just straight concrete. And if you can ever uh, look at it, uh, the um, there's pictures out there in sequence of him hitting the wall and uh that car just disintegrates oh it was it, it was completely gone yeah and he he was actually rolling across the track uh with nothing around him it was him yeah so uh you know i think about uh my first race was in 61 and the front engine roadsters yeah and, uh, <laughs> boy they were something to see they were beautiful beautiful cars and uh, to go out to the museum and look at them, and just imagine thirty-three of those suckers going yeah. by. It was it was beautiful. I mean, uh, and it was exciting as the years uh, when I was a kid. Uh, the uh, Indianapolis News, the newspaper back then, every every day would have car of the day, and they would have some. They'd have it'd be just a picture of the car. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be Eddie Sachs' Dean Line Special in 61 or his Brian Heating and Cooling Car in 63. And they were just, it was just beautiful. Oh, I mean, yeah, I just, bad. uh, and I love my wife and I think she's the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, Here we go. <laughs> and we sit on the, we sit behind the pits in Tower Terrace at the north end. And on race day, when those 33 cars come out of that fourth turn on the first lap, there is nothing more beautiful in oh, the world. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm cr- Tim can tell you, I'm crying like a baby. Oh, yeah. It just, it means that much to me. And I just, I, uh, 65, I've had four heart attacks. I've had a stroke. I've had aortic aneurysm repair. And I could not imagine not being there. Oh yeah, man! It, uh, I'll be in the ground covered up before I miss it. Uh huh. And uh, you guys, you guys get your tickets early, right? We buy them. The, uh, well, that's one of the requirements for the kids to go to the race that morning. They have to bring money for next year's tickets. Yeah. So I can order them. <laughs> I order them that week. So, uh, I have. Uh, I, I have been to a uh, to a morning 
with you guys at the race. Um, and this is this is the, the one time that I've been was probably the most scared I've ever been <laughs> in my life of Mr. Sproles. Oh, because is this when we forgot the tickets? Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, I was I, so I'm going to tell a story real quick. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. But um, I had got tickets for free. Uh, is up from the company I work for, just vendors and shit, you know. And um, I had asked my cousin Mary, Joey. Yeah. I had asked him to go to go with us. And so you know, of course, us being at the time what 25, 26 year old kids. We went out partying Saturday night. Yeah, that's what most morons do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't get home until about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we all set up shop, going to bed. You know, we had couches. I Actually, I think I slept on your army cot. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I did. And uh, so, you know, we get to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock rolls around. Mr. Sproles is waking everybody up. Yeah. And he's like he's like he's like we got to get up. We got to go. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What time is it?" you know? He's like he's like it's it's, it's 10 after 5 or whatever it was. And I was like, "Man, I race don't start till noon, dude." <laughs> and he goes, "We got to go. We got to meet my parents." And I was like, "What?" He's like, we got to go. And I was like, all right, man. You know, so I'm completely out of it. So is everybody. <laughs> but, we're, you know, Sproul says it's time to go. It's time to go. Yeah. And so <laughs> we get up, load up in his, uh, you had a, what, a little blazer? You have a blazer? I think that was the Jimmy. The Jimmy? Jimmy. Blue Jimmy. Blue. And, uh, you know, four-door car, you know, whatever. We So we all hop in, take off, you know, just cruising down. We got the windows down. Led Zeppelin's mm-hmm. playing. We are <laughs> headed to the track. And what we get almost there, and I go, Shit, man, tickets are in my truck. <laughs> Jesus. And he went from the happiest person on the planet to, I thought he was going to murder me. Well, I understand. That like, makes sense. It, it, I, I, I completely understand. And so uh, so we take off. We turn around, go back to Mr. Sproul's apartment at roughly 110. Get back to his apartment. I jump. He he just looks at me. and He goes, "Get the fucking tickets." <laughs> and if you've ever met Sproles, which I had, like today, I get. You know, I walked in. Yeah, saw him as always, and he's just like, "Hey, how are you, buddy?" Yeah, to get him that mad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But you I don't know, even want to see but that. Given, but given, like me and him were almost family. You know what I mean? And you'll get a lot madder at your family than you will just some stranger. But yeah. you know, I respected his. You know, he he was pissed. I was like, "I fucked up. My bad, bro." And um, so we had a hell of a day. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> we did, we did. But it, so we, um, you know, you guys, you guys left. You know, I mean, it was time to leave. You know, well, yeah. We, we called. We said, hey, we screwed up. AP screwed up. We'll, meet, we'll meet you out there. We'll meet you out there. That was the wrong thing to say <clears throat> at that time. At that time in the morning, because not only did we drive 110 back to the apartment, but then we drove 130 to the track. <laughs> Around 465, and we finally catch up to you guys as you're getting off the ramp. <laughs> I believe I believe everybody just went, Oh, thank God. Let's breathe. We can breathe now. We're here. And these dudes set up shop. We had breakfast. I mean, we and we were what? I think we were uh, three rows of parking away from the track. He doesn't mess around, man. And, he gets all I mean, we, we, I was just like, I was like, this is the greatest day of my <laughs> life. This is freaking amazing. If my mom was here, you know what I mean? And uh, we set up shop. We had breakfast. Uh, you know, we hung out. And, you know, we went to the track, got completely wasted. <laughs> I came back and slept in the back of the blazer for roughly two to three hours. Woke up. 
what was there supper yeah <laughs> i'll tell you a quick story uh one of our kids tori uh her girlfriend had gone with us two or three years in a row and then tori got engaged and her fiance was going to take that girl's ticket so that's fine yeah and uh well unbeknownst to me him and his dad had always got a net police escort in so they didn't leave their house till nine o'clock in the morning yeah and uh i think that and what we always do is if the gates open at five that's when we leave our house yeah and uh and that year the gates were opening at five and tori told him that she'd pick him up at quarter till five and and he said we don't have to get there that early and she goes no you don't understand this is race day if dad says he's leaving at five at 501 he's gone yeah and uh he said i've been to the race before and you don't have to leave that early yeah and uh, her girlfriend that had gone with us was there and she goes no there's going to the 500 and then there's going with Tori's dad uh-huh. there are two different things <laughs> it is man it totally is and uh it took us uh several years to finally figure it out and stuff but we got seven kids uh, most of them either graduated from purdue or iu so that's the two canopies we got we got a purdue canopy and iu canopy and uh we leave the house because the gates open at six now so we leave the house at six everybody gets an extra hour of sleep yeah and uh by quarter seven we're parked oh yeah and got everything set up and uh it's just it's just the greatest uh i i just uh there's nothing like it. i am sorry for people that don't love something that much it's oh i i i totally i mean i totally agree i mean it is you know i, I don't have that level that you do you know i mean you, you you have a whole different kind of reason why it's my life it is and you know my mom always took us you know to the track and you know i mean that was that was her shit man i mean she freaking she Mm -hmm. loved it like you did like you do Mm -hmm. and um but it it is it is an experience yeah i mean for anybody who's listening to this if you ever have a chance or if you just just make a plan to go and at least watch it once in your life because it is fucking crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> it absolutely is. I made a video a few years ago, and and in it I say, people that go once that don't go again, I just don't understand it. it just, oh yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. How can you go once and not not want to go every yeah. year? You get you get hooked, man. Oh, it. it uh, when my dad took me the first time in 1961, uh, I mean I was so stupid. AJ Foyt won that year driving he was a national champion so he had car number one yeah and i turned around and asked my dad i said is a car number one ever finished first (laughs) (laughs) oh hell yes boy (laughs) you know and and, uh so and uh the bug bit me yeah and i mean it sunk its fangs into me and it hasn't let go yet oh it's crazy i Uh, mean it, it 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 absolutely is i mean it's like i said i we were talking earlier and i haven't been back since my kids were born because i just that's a headache you know and i mean it's like it's like man i just don't know if i can if i can deal with that you know and then now they're this year they're my you know my parents are gonna take them camping over that weekend i'm like shit man we gotta go <laughs> you know <laughs> well i just I, one of my sons when i say we got seven kids and one of the sons uh birthday was th- two days ago yeah the 18th well he was born in 81 and 
me and the wife at that time were out the track and race day morning and and she's telling people sit, sitting around us that uh well, i just had a baby 10 days ago yeah. <laughs> oh well, what a trooper you know hey i had a kid 10 days ago too you ain't making a big deal about a baby in here <laughs> so you know that's how i am man. yeah <laughs> no man i mean it's a great time i mean how, how many of you been to do you know bro i don't i don't even know i know uh oh i don't either i have enough trap keep travel keeping track of mine yeah uh one year he wasn't going to be able to go and he was all he was bummed out oh yeah and uh, that's when he was stationed at atterbury in the army and uh, a little bastard called me up and he said uh, you know who general umbarger is I said, well yeah he's head of the national guard of the state well do you know who general so-and-so is no i never heard of him Bedneric. no it wasn't Bedneric, but anyway he's a four-star general and uh, <laughs> you said uh, Benerick's only two. So. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so you said, uh, well, they're going to the track, and uh, Umbarger's escorting him on race day morning. Guess who the official photographer of them is? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So I he, remember that. It was that Air Force general. I remember that. Well, I, I, I forgot his name, but I know. Yeah. But I remember that. He got to go down the green room where all the celebrities are before they go out and ride in the pace cars and stuff. <laughs> he got more uh-huh. uh, access than I ever had. So, oh, oh, so he Piece he, of he, shit. He didn't even invite <laughs> Yeah, I didn't need He didn't he, invite you. No, now a week before that. What an asshole. <laughs> before that, a week before that, he'd called me up and he said, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow morning about 7.30? And I said, well, I'm on vacation. I'll probably be sleeping. Why? He goes, well, they're going to fly uh, Dan Weldon and Sarah Fisher and their cars in down Atterbury. And I got to take pictures. I thought I might need some help with my cameras. <laughs> i've played that role before yeah <laughs> yeah so so i was down there and the first black hawk landed and jay howard and john barnes and uh sarah fisher and dan weldon got out of it which was pretty neat oh yeah and then a the second black hawk landed and vitor mirror and aj Foyt got out of oh, it. oh shit and you talk about a bunch of generals and colonels falling all over themselves oh, to get yeah, next man. to somebody and i spent a lot of the time with aj i got to talk to him a lot yeah and uh one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet i don't care what anybody says about him uh and he was enjoying himself he really was and then i spent some time with sarah fisher and uh then i was down there and general mcnerick was there and uh tim and a sergeant were taking pictures and i was telling general mcnerick a story about my dad and and emphasize that I'd put my arm around him because that's how my dad did it. Told me, and and Tim later on said, "You know who that was? You had your arm around." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, General McNerick." Yeah. He said, "But you know who he is?" Well, General. Why? Well, he's General First Army East. And I said, "What's that? East of the Mississippi?" He goes, "That's exactly what it is." <laughs> <laughs> he said, and you're putting your arm around him. <laughs> well, you, so, you had that, you had that, uh, the jacket, you looked, he looked like an official crew member or something. Yeah. yeah so people a, were coming up and shaking his hand all was, day. Yeah. Sarah <laughs> oh, yeah, was man. Uh, sponsored by Dollar General that year, and it did. It looked like I was part of the crew, and <laughs> I, I didn't plan it that way. It just happened, but yeah. uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, man. I've had, uh, 
Oh, uh, I got a picture on my phone of uh, a few years, a couple, three years ago, uh, one of her cars was the People car. And uh, they were selling sponsorships on it for like 200 a, a person to get your name on the car. Oh, shit. So you did, huh? Yeah. All the kids pitched <laughs> in and got my name on there. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, so on carb day, uh, a buddy of mine got his passes into the uh, suite, so we get pit passes. And I went down there and told her, I said, my name's on that car. I said, is, is there any chance I can get my picture taken with it? And she goes, well, it's carb day. They only got an hour of practice. She goes, Let, if practice goes fine, come back to the garage area and we'll get it. We'll make it happen. Yeah. And uh, so after practice, everything seemed, to, everything seemed to go fine for them. We went back there and and uh, one of the crewmen, they were working on the car. And he said, and I'd, I'll mention my way into the garage. And uh, he said, can I help you? And I told him the story about Sarah. And he goes, well, we're making some adjustments, so hang on for a minute. Yeah. And it wasn't a minute or two later. He looked at me and said, what's your name? And I told him, and he sits on the other side, and he goes, come on in. He said, here it is. And so got a picture of me pointing no to shit. it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome, man. And uh, it's just, uh, they're just, it's just, uh, you get things like that. And I remember... This was years, 1969, I think. I was working at an old Airway. And Airway was what Target is now. Yeah. And Bobby Unser was there to sign autographs and pass out pictures and just doing a little PR stuff. And uh, so Air, uh, they knew what a nut about I was about the 500, so they scheduled me to work that night and to be his escort. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so... That was pretty. I know he he probably uh, when he got done that night and left, he said, "God, I'm glad to get away from that guy." <laughs> but uh, I mean, I even he had to go down to uh, the drugstore for some. I walked him down there, you know. Yeah. Wanted to make sure he didn't get lost. And, oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> but I've uh, that's what I'd say. I remember when uh, back in the early '60s, they'd have the uh, 500 Festival Parade, which they still have. But then they'd have, instead of having all 33 drivers in it, they'd have five or six. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so you'd run out there, and, and uh, I'd get, I got Parnelli Jones's autograph, A.J. Foyt. Oh, Jimmy, shit. That was my mom's other dude. Jimmy Clark, Roger Ward. I got all, all the autographs I could. And, uh, and they were always, Parnelli Jones especially, was always very, very... You know, make sure you don't get hit by the wheels. Now you take care. You, I'll sign this. You just, you know, yeah. Be careful. And, yes, sir. And and uh, it, it just, they're my heroes. Uh, you know, like I say, they've always talked about how bad Foyt is or how yeah. grumpy he is. He is. I've talked to that guy and and bothered him, and I know I'm bugging him. Yeah. But uh, I probably ten, fifteen times. And that guy has never been nothing but super nice to me. Really? Yeah. He's just, he's just a, he's a fun-loving guy. Yeah. We was out, we was in, I was in the garage area, and this is the old garage area, one of the old wooden garages, one time, and he had his car out, and uh, he was revving it up, and it was the old turbo Fords, and it would, he'd go, <laughs> and it'd backfire and throw out flame through the exhaust. Yeah. And there was a guy there that, was holding a, a funnel over the exhaust to keep the flame from hitting the rear wing. 
Well, when it would backfire, throw that flame out the funnel. And it's on a stick, and this guy's holding it. And, uh, <laughs> and Foyt would sit there, and he'd rev it up, and it'd backfire, and he'd make an adjustment, and he'd rev it up again. Well, then he sees what this guy's doing, and so gradually, he doesn't make any more adjustments. He just revs it up and lets it backfire. He gradually, he holds the steering wheel, and he pulls it closer and closer to the garage to where finally that funnel's almost touching the garage, but the flame's hitting the door and bouncing back. And this guy's doing everything he can to keep, keep his hair on his arms getting singed and stuff. And he finally looks up and see what's for And he throws that phone, you son of a bitch. And Foyt starts laughing. And everybody around him started laughing too. But, uh, you know, experience, and it's like uh, I was walking through the garage area in the early 70s one time and, and uh, went by Roger Penske's garage. Now, here's guys a billionaire oh yeah and they got everything out of that garage that we got out there's nothing in there but four walls and a floor yeah and the guys that got the equipment out there they're spit shining i mean they're spit shining everything and i look in there and there's a guy sweeping out the corners and it's roger pinsky and i thought sweep it oh yeah there's a man that will do anything yeah no wonder he he wins a lot oh because, yeah man and his he demands the best from his crew because he gives his best and he expects nothing less from you yeah and uh i thought you can't you're never going to beat that guy no hell no and uh if you beat him it's by sheer luck yeah and uh you know and i got to meet him once my wife took me to victory dinner one time i'd never been and uh, she told me, said I worked a room like a fifty dollar whore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. So I went and talked to Roger Penske. I still got his business card. He gave it to me at home. And, no shit. Yeah. And uh, oh, I talked to Lion Dyke, who I've got no use for now. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I mean, I ran into him one time. Uh, and I asked him, because my wife really likes him. Yeah. And I said, Mr. Lion Dyke, my wife is one of your greatest fans. I said, would you say hi to her if I got her on the phone? And he says, I don't talk to strange people on the phone. Oh, what a dick. And I said, well, she's odd, but she's not strange. <laughs> and uh, my cousin was with me, and he tried to shake his hand. He wouldn't even shake his hand. No shit. Yeah. And I just, Tim can tell you, well, every now and then I'll get a little upset. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's the understatement of the day <laughs> and so i just went on a rant and i hell with you yeah you know and my cousin said well you know how many people come up to him and said baby i said you know what if it wasn't for people like me that son of a bitch wouldn't be a millionaire <laughs> you know i don't give a shit whether he likes people or not yeah and uh that's just how nobody is better than me yeah i won't allow it uh -huh. they can think they are that's fine yeah but you're not and uh, <laughs> that goes back to that goes back to my old thing where i said if you go across the taco bell and they're gonna say i'm so-and-so well that's great do you want a fucking burrito or not that's right yeah. that's that's oh, like yeah. we got a grandchild that has charge syndrome and it's it's kind of hard to explain what the syndrome is but uh before he could come home uh, we all had to take the main caregivers had to take infant CPR. Yeah. And I told, you know, Methodist Hospital, I said, or at uh, Riley. Which is nerve-wracking as shit. I just had to go oh, through yeah. that. And, uh, but I told him, I said, you know, I'm paramedic, been EMT for 37 years. And, 
well good for you be here at nine o'clock tomorrow morning They don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it didn't impress him at all. No, so. uh-uh. that's all right. I, I, uh, so I showed up and I took the infant CPR. And yeah, made him happy and oh yeah. My ex-wife was there and she didn't have a clue to what she was doing, which made me even happier. Most ex-wives don't. No, <laughs> and, uh, and um, the uh, mother-in-law was there and those two were kind of clannish and I was off by myself and. And so, well, the nurse was talking to them and stuff and teaching them how to do it. And then they gave the doll to me and said, okay, do you think you know how to do it? And so I did the compressions and I bagged it. And the nurse said, you've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, a few times. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's... <clears throat> you know I, I mean? should have got off of the 500, so I should have, shouldn't have done that. Oh, no, hell no, man. You're fine, dude. Well, I, oh, go ahead, bud. The one thing I found that was interesting is they actually do not keep attendance of people who actually for the day day of the race. They don't. Nope. Well, there's not. An, there's not an official. NASCAR does this too. Because, really. Like me and Tim were talking about it before we started, is because they can't count how many people are actually in the infield. Oh, the infield. I didn't even think about that. It, well, it, it's they said it's upwards of three hundred thousand people. Yeah. I, the Speedway. I think they do that because it's a privately owned company yeah and uh they got to pay taxes on that oh yeah so they don't want they don't want to tell you there's four hundred thousand people and there's actually two hundred seventy five thousand in the internal revenue services i know you claimed four hundred thousand we're you know yeah well so i'm sure the speedway knows exactly how many people they have but they're not about to tell anybody yeah and uh you know tony hallman when he bought the place uh and let me correct something real quick while i'm thinking about it i don't know more about the 500 than anybody donald <laughs> davidson knows a hell of a lot more than i do i'd look like an idiot next to him but uh it, it there's i would imagine now this year they've said that they've uh they they think they're going to have upward to over three hundred thousand. yeah so but this, this is what the 101st yeah right 101st and and uh, the last few races have just been tremendous. Oh so. yes, last year was a sellout. Yeah, last year was. Yeah, but the um, and it was the first year they actually lifted the uh, blackout, blackout since 1950. Yep, and, but it was actually, but the actual ratings was even down when they lifted lifted that. Yeah. But last year wasn't a black. I didn't no, watch it. Yeah, here. last year wasn't blacked out. But was, but ES, what the hell? ESPN actually streamed it online. And had up to, I think, that added even more millions of views through, like, certain intervals of that. So, people weren't necessarily sitting there watching it on maybe TV, but they were also yeah, streaming Yeah, because I, I didn't watch it on TV because I thought it was going to be blacked out last year. Son of a mm-hmm. bitch. I actually I feel fucked now. Because I remember, yeah, because, like, I grew up in... Well, I mean, it's not your fault you didn't pay attention. <laughs> or not their well, I knew, fault. I knew it wasn't good. Well, I knew, I knew it's going to be on at 6. I'm going to watch it at 6. Um one interesting thing I found out this year, because Fernando Alonso, the Formula One world champion two times, is running. And uh, <clears throat> when they had his uh, they had his rookie test, they were live streaming it. And uh, normally a live stream for a practice day or anything like that on the internet is 78,000. Yeah. They had over 600,000 watching Holy shit. that day on the internet on for Orlando. You know, I mean... And, I, and I've, I've said this for a long time, and I know I know other people have too, but um, 
you know, when it comes to the blackout, you know, what I mean, when I when I was a kid, and you know, because we couldn't really afford to go to the race, but my mom, you know, always liked to watch it. Well, we lived far enough away that we watched it when it happened. Yeah, we did too. And they always had, you know, they had a my mom had a party. You know, everybody came over. We watched mm-hmm. the race. I mean, it was a big deal. And then, um, you know, I didn't move. I moved up to uh, this area in 2007, I believe. Well. You know, I went to the race. You know, there was a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the years was there was when I went with you, and um, <clears throat> I uh, there was one year right there. Well, I didn't go. I can't remember why. And um, I was like, "Well, I'll just watch it on TV." And I mean, this was like 2009, maybe 2010. And I was like, "What do you mean it's blacked <laughs> out? Like this is bullshit? What go the to- fuck? I, why is this blacked out? This has never been blacked out before, you know." And then I eventually found out. Well, if you're mm-hmm. within a what fifty mile, fifty mile radius, fifty mile mm-hmm. radius, it's blacked out. Go to Terre Haute, you can so, watch it. Yeah, and uh, and the Hallmans are from Terre Haute. Is that a is that a coincidence or? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And so you know, and I've always thought for years, you know, you know me like me as a kid. What got me into it is I saw it on TV. You know, you know, I understand, like, you know, if you don't sell it out, you know, we're not going to show it on TV. But, you know, you got a bunch of people around here who, you know, have maybe only watched it, watched the replay of it, and they just, it don't do it justice. You know, I've, 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 I've been one of those people who have watched it, you know, as replay, but I already know who won because I'm not missing yeah. here in that race. You know, I found it on, on the internet where I could listen to it, so I'd listen to it, you know, but but like some kid that's you know uh, that's seven eight nine years old you know that that doesn't you know you you really don't put that what you hear together with what you can see you know so if you would put that on tv you'd get those kids around here and maybe get them interested in open wheel racing i tell you years ago before they started uh, putting it on live tv at all uh paul page would open the radio broadcast and it would almost bring tears to my eyes because he would say in Duluth, Minnesota today, the Williams family will have, pull their car underneath the shade tree and they will wax the family car while they listen to the race. And in Iowa, a preacher, his son will be up in the balcony with holding up numbers of the lead cars while he gives a sermon. Yeah. You know, and those things just... And now they, they do it live, so that's all gone, but then... Well, that's a price of technology, I guess. And, oh, yeah. And uh, I just, uh, just anything about it, I, I just can't get enough of it. In fact, when Tim picked me up today, that's why I missed four days crash, because yeah. we were on Sorry our way over that. here. And uh, <laughs> If I'd known that was going to happen, we'd have delayed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, now, <clears throat> this year, and whether they have it, show it live or show it that night, I'll still DVR it. Oh, yeah. And then Monday after the race uh i'm just spent i just i mean i may come down getting recliner and that's i may go about buy some diapers so i don't have to get up <laughs> I, i'm just, just that wore out but yeah but i'll uh i'll put the race on and the race will last three hours three and a half maybe and it will take me 10 hours to watch that race because i'll keep falling asleep because i'm so <laughs> wore out from the day before so emotionally spent it's it's a it's a trip like to go with you guys to do that to go you know have that experience because i mean it is like you guys really make it into an experience oh it's a it 
I, I just want everybody to have a good time. That's that's. It. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to have a good time whether you do or not. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'm going to try and make it so that you enjoy it too. Oh yeah. Uh, that's why uh, now we've got, uh, and I bought it a few years ago. I bought a headset to listen to the radio out there, and it's got a button on the side of it. It opens up the microphone, and so it shuts the radio off in one ear and opens up the microphone. And my wife sat there and she said, "Why? Why do you need that? Why do you need that?" And I said, "Because I'm tired of taking the headphone off uh-huh. and asking you what." And she would say, "Who's driving number four? And I'd say, "Damn it! For the tenth time, it's Sam Hornish Jr." <laughs> so now I just push a button and say, "That's Sam Hornish Jr., honey." Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. So, um, Indy Five Hundred does fabulous. Pulls yep. up to three hundred thousand people. But last year they estimated the Brickyard did fifty thousand people. Well, jalopies. So, well, I mean, because some, I mean, the actually the Daytona 500 actually attendance wise actually matches the Indianapolis 500. No, they don't. It's a couple years actually. They're about 150,000. Well, there's been a couple. They're Indianapolis number one and, and yeah. Daytona's number two. The world records for those, right? Well, and, and and given that, the reason why they built Daytona was because they wanted something to compete with Indy. No, no, that, that's, so that's, they, that's not what I'm trying to point. No, I know, I know, I but, know. But what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is because NASCAR ratings are, are were here and they're mm-hmm. going down. Yeah. And then obviously, Open Wheel was here and they're even they're yeah. they're out there. Last year's 500 was one of the lowest in like 20 years ratings. Ratings wise, yeah, yeah. really, yeah. Well, I mean, what's I mean, what's I mean, because they get three hundred thousand because it's a spectacle to go to. It's just yeah. not about the race; it's a spectacle. Yeah. You listen to him talk, you, oh, yeah. you see why people go. Oh yeah, but, but why are people stopping to go to a lot of the racing? That's what I don't understand. I, yeah, I, I don't think know. I think a lot of it is uh, it's the middle day of a three day weekend. Yeah. So a lot of families are out camping or something. Yeah. Uh, why I I don't have a clue. Be honest, with you. I, I don't understand. Uh, I went to the first two Brickyard 400s and I wouldn't walk cross street to see another one. So I've never been. Uh, well, you ain't missing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I the, the cars, the like the the two or three articles I read, the cars are not what the way that the track the, the track set up. It's not set up for NASCAR. No, no, it's not, it's it, wasn't, not. It, it wasn't built for no for uh, jalopies. It was built uh, for Indy cars. They, um, I I have a buddy who did the. Um, where you could drive the NASCARs on it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, they're, they're only, I think they only max out at like 180, I think is what those, the NASCARs do on that track when you, you know, when normal people get to drive them. And uh, I remember him saying that um, when you get to, you know, the turn, you know, one, two, three, or four, you know, there's a cone. And they tell you, take your big toe off the throttle mm. because it's the only way that you can keep i mean it's just like an indy car you know they always say like qualifying today you know they they were i can't remember who, uh, who it was uh, this guy i wasn't familiar with but they showed his throttle and that dude was full out the entire yeah. way but it's a fucking upside down airplane well a few years ago <laughs> not you mentioned it a few years ago the kids all pitched in and got me a ride in the indy car two-seater oh no shit yeah and it was God, during, the, do that. during the month of may who's driving 
Uh, Stephen Gregoire. Yeah. And what's his claim to fame was the day after he took me for a ride, he wrecked his car and broke his back. <laughs> Son so. of a bitch. <laughs> Talk about good timing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, had one of the boys holding a stopwatch and we averaged 172 mile an hour for the lap. Well, which would have put us on the pole at that time for the brickyard race. Yeah. But when you go into the turns, and it was amazing because you get probably two or three G's trying to pull you out of the side of the car, even at that speed. Yeah. But you know, you know physics and stuff. He goes into that turn at speed. You know that ass in has got to come around. Yeah. There's no, you know, it's got to. Yeah. And it doesn't. It sticks. Yeah. And uh, as we were going down the back stretch on the first lap, my helmet started to come up. And uh, oh shit! just from the wind, just catching it. Oh, yeah. Well, it had one of them... Uh, duck bills on the front of it and i kept ducking my head trying to get the wind to hit it yeah. to push it back down and it wouldn't do it so i started scooting down in the car to push it back down and by the time it did well now i'm looking at the back of his helmet i can't see nothing uh-huh and so i set up and said hell with it if it comes off it comes off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh so and uh got a picture of me every time we went by the grandstands Going into the first turn, I'd raise my hand up. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a, a thrill of a lifetime. It only would have been better if Little Loud had been driving it. Oh, yeah. Who's my all-time favorite driver, and I've got to talk to him several times. And yeah. I've got a – my wife got me an oil painting of him, uh, and he signed it for me a few years ago. No shit. Oh, yeah. It was a – well, I'll tell you a great story, it, it, and I think it's a great story, but – I was a member of the Little Owl Fan Club in 94, and they'd sent a thing out. They was going to have a cocktail party the night before the first day of qualifications. And, oh, and, imagine that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and it's open to the first 40 people that call. So uh, I uh, called in next, left my name and number, and the next day we got a phone call that was the third caller, so I'm going. <laughs> and, Shit, uh, on it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, by the time they got there, they'd combined it with the Andretti fine, fan club, so there's about 100 people there. And uh, so we took the painting, and we're going to get him to get a little out to sign it. And uh, his mom saw it as we got there, because there's only, there's in a tent beside the brickyard crossing, and there was only one way in and one way out. And uh, she said, oh, he's not going to have time to sign that tonight. So as soon as he gets done talking here, he's got to go someplace else, blah, blah, blah. All right, so we went and put it back in the car and had our little cocktail and orders and stuff. Well, Michael Andretti talked, Mario talked, Lil Lau talked. And when they got done talking, they all started signing autographs. Oh, shit. So my wife says, give me the keys. I'm going to go get the painting. So instead of going in there around all those people, we stayed out there in the runway. And uh, Shelly, his wife at the time, come out, and I turned it for her. She goes, oh, isn't that beautiful? She goes, Oh, the kids gave him that wrinkle, and you know, and she just <laughs> started telling us how she wanted to have another baby, and the kids wanted to have a baby, and yeah. Al wasn't ready yet, and I thought, you know, yeah, like we're just old friends, and yeah, and the motel was still there, and she goes, look, if he doesn't get a chance to sign that, you come up to room two nineteen. That's our room. Now don't tell anybody, but you come up there and knock on the door, and we'll get that signed. And I told my wife, I said, put it in the car. We're going to the room. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, now, they'll remember us not for bothering him in the room. 
I said, well, they'll remember it's a hell of a lot better if it's just us in the room with them yeah. for an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she wouldn't do it, so we waited there, and little Al came out, and he signed it and made, like I say, it was an oil painting, so he took great care to make sure he didn't smudge it or anything. Yeah. And he talked to me probably for 20 minutes. Yeah. And other people would come up, and he'd say, excuse me, I'm talking to this gentleman. I'll be right with you. Yeah. And he just... That's awesome. And it's like I said in the video, you know, I've talked to him six, seven, eight times. He probably doesn't remember, but that's all right. I do. Yeah, you do. That's <laughs> yeah. all that matters. And uh, I got to uh, see him a little bit later. Uh, they had a uh, night at the museum one year and uh, went out there. And, and he was there and Scott Dixon and, uh, oh, just all the drivers were there. And uh, But I went to Little Al and I, I told him, I said, I want you to know I think your dad's probably the most underrated driver that's ever been out here. I said, I know he's won four times and stuff. I said, but like back in the 70s when they drove for Parnella Jones, I said, they ran the Formula 5000, which was a lot like Indy cars, but with stock block Chevrolets in them. And uh, I said, didn't your dad beat Mario more than Mario beat your dad? And, and little Al being politically correct i think he said oh, he said mario's pretty good said, <laughs> yeah he's good but he's not as good as your dad i said your dad would just uh, and because big al uh, and i always said little al was a cross between his dad and uncle bobby yeah because bobby would just bobby just run the hell out of the car as long as it would run yeah i mean he there's no letting up but his dad now his dad uh, finished third in 92 with the stock block v8 yeah. It's the only time it ever finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Big Al was driving it. Now, yeah. is that coincidence or is that... Yeah. No, Big Al knew how to take care of his equipment. He's a good driver. Yeah, and he taught Little Al that. Yeah. And Little Al could take care of his equipment, but go hard like Uncle Bobby when he had to. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I... I and uh, so we got done talking, and uh, it was about an hour, hour and a half later, there was a tap on my shoulder, and it was Little Al. And he goes, I want to thank you for what you said about my dad. And I said, well, I meant every word of it. He goes, I know you did. Yeah. He said, I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I've just <clears> – <throat> another good story about somebody nice was Jim Neighbors. I get to – Oh, yeah? You get to meet him? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I walked up to him. We, my brother had met a guy that uh, ran the teeth monitors in a control tower. Yeah. And he took us up in there, and we went over to Brickyard to have lunch and – while we were sitting there eating, uh, Ruth Buzzy and Florence Henderson and Jim Neighbors all came in, sat at the same table towards the back. And uh, Jim had been sick the year before and hadn't been able to come. And so I told the guy, I said, I'd like to go tell him what it means for me for him to be back to sing. Yeah. He said, well, go tell him. He's the nicest guy in the world. Uh-huh. And I said, no, I'm not going to bother him. And, and I thought, boy, if I don't, I'll regret it the rest oh, of my yeah, life. man. <laughs> so I... Build up the courage and went over there and said, Mr. Neighbors, it really means a lot for you to be back this year. Yeah. He goes, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I said, I said, it uh, means a lot for me to get seen. I said, almost as much. I said, in fact, it means as much. But my second thing, I said, on the old Gomer Pyle show, <laughs> I said, you sang the impossible dream in your marine dress blues. 
And I said, the hair on my arms still stand up when I see that. Yeah. Well, isn't that nice of you? Thank you so much. You know, he just showed me that video the other day. Yeah, and he, you know, he stuck his hand out, and he was just literally. I think he was really thankful somebody remembered that. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or meant that meant somebody, and it did. It. Uh, he, uh, you know, I saw an interview with him one time, and on NBC, and he was in his macadamia farm out in Hawaii. Yeah, I was gonna say he didn't. He live in Hawaii. Yeah, and he's got another. He's got a ranch in Montana too. But uh, the guy said, you know, you typecast Gomer, it's all you've ever been, all you ever will be. And he said, you know, a lot of people get upset when they get typecast like that. He said, yeah. Does that, are you mad at Gomer? He goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, look what Gomer gave me. Yeah, no joke. He said, I love Gomer Pie. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, that's, that's just great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a, uh, a girl that um, – I went to school with she moved right before you moved down home um but she lives in hawaii now and mm. uh, she or she became an, an indie fan mm. and for lo- for as long as i can remember you know she's always posting pictures every year you know at the indy 500 and she yeah. moved out to arizona for a while <clears throat> and um i just saw here uh this week where she had posted her tickets up on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody who, you know, wanted, you know, her seats. And she, I don't know, it was like 100 bucks a piece or something like that. But um, she's went every year that as far back mm-hmm. as I can remember. You know, you were talking about earlier, like, once you go, like, you you know, you yeah. get hooked. Yeah. And uh, she got hooked, her and her mom. And uh, she, uh, this year, since she's in Hawaii, she, she can't make the trip back. And oh. she was selling her. And I almost want to be like, mm, I'll take them. Yeah, but you know, I was, I was kind of hoping for some free ones to roll in, but we're we're still hoping for that one. It just uh, <laughs> Smugcast sponsor. <laughs> I, I went out. Uh, what's today? I went out yesterday, and uh, going out again on Carb Day. Oh, and so he will be there. Hey, we'll be there. You're gonna be out there on Carb yeah, Day. We're gonna be filming. Are you? Where mm-hmm. at? Out in the praying infield. I don't oh, know. Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> we we can't we can't. We, I mean, we can't just sit there and film the cars going around. We got. Yeah, we something. didn't get press we gotta, passes. We got to do something. Yeah. You didn't get press passes. No. Oh, okay. Well, no. We think about this stuff way too late. <laughs> I, I call. I called them. Oh, did you? Yeah, but they were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, I uh, take. Uh, Tim doesn't know this, but one year we parked uh, parked at American Legion, and uh, I parked there two or three times. And uh, God bless the guys that served our country and stuff. But those guys, I mean, we'd pull in, we'd have our parking passes on the windshield where they're supposed to be. And they're looking at, I mean, they're going over that pass with a fine-tooth comb. I'm like, Jesus Christ, buddy, I just bought these yesterday. You know? Yeah. And uh, so they'd let us go down there. So the three of us, we bought three of them, went down there and parked. We got our canopies out, and they come by, and they said, you can't put them canopies out. Why not? And uh, the car can't get through. Well, there was enough there to get a semi through. I said, <laughs> "Well, I, you know what? I'll I'll get them through. If they if they can't do it, then I'll get in and drive their car." And yeah. Well, Tim was driving a military vehicle that. And that was the day he had to do all the shooting for the generals and stuff. Yeah. So about no, oh, we got out there six thirty or seven, and about nine he had to go into the track. Well. He had all the passes and stuff, so he didn't have to <laughs> <laughs> He's so bitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not at all, not yeah. at all. And uh, 
so I did what I told the guy that when he left, we'll put the canopies in there. Yeah. And uh, I made him take the parking pass off the windshield, and we put it on the canopy. Another guy come back here, and he said, you can't do that. What do you mean you can't do it? Well, that's for cars. Yeah, well, the car I paid for is gone. Well, we got to get another car. Bullshit. Yeah. You know, I paid you 20 bucks for that spot, and by God, I'm going to use it. Yeah. And uh, so from then on, uh, and that was the third year in a row, and every year we'd have trouble with them over something. Oh, yeah. Something real minor and just, and I, nah, I'm sorry, guys, but we're not parking here anymore. We're going to park in lot two and take our chances. Uh-huh. Well, lot two works out just fine. Oh, yeah. That's and, right. Uh, Is that where I went? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And it's that's the one right across from Tire Terrace. Yeah. So, yep. you know, and, uh, but it's race day. I mean, you know, most people, uh, it's like the yellow shirts. goes on the back of my car, and I won't do it this year because I don't have the car to do it, but I'd have a, uh, one of those things you slide into the, to the t- trailer hitch. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, so we'd have to be the last, they'd stack up the cars when you park two by two. Well, I'd have to be the last car so we get everything out. Yeah. Well, and uh, thankfully, uh, my daughter goes in behind me, and I told her, I said, if it looks like I'm going to be the first car when I need to be the second, I'll open up the sunroof and wave, and you go around me, and then I'll park behind you. Yeah. And we get it. Well, this yellow shirt liked to had a fit because I let them go around. Yeah. And as I parked, he's still raising hell, and I got out, and I said, what the fuck's your problem? I'm parked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you didn't do what I said. Uh, did your wife do what you say? <laughs> I bet she doesn't either. <laughs> Holy shit. He can just destroy people, he too. I, I, know, I know. He can. He can. Uh, <laughs> no, we... It's a... Uh, God, we this 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 is literally going for hours. If we let, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I I'm a huge indie fan. I know you are. I mean, obviously, obviously, Rich is. Be, I don't know. If, do you ever do you much of an indie fan? I don't know. Well, I, I that's I think that's one of the problems with racing now. Well, he, like, he brought up NASCAR, so I think he's kind of a communist. No, <laughs> no he's far from a communist. <laughs> no, um, there's just I think what happened was with a lot. There's just there's like what's happened with nascar now and then what's happened with other racing and, and yeah. also when indy split and then you have formula one there's not a lot of stars growing up like yeah like i loved mm. i loved certain drivers yeah. i couldn't wait to oh, see yeah. them oh yeah and the problem is now that a lot of the racing we've lost our stars i mean yeah nascar went like forever you, you know you'd have mm. you dell earnhardt fans and yeah. then you would have like AJ Foy, even you know, I'm 37. I knew AJ Foy. And oh I knew, yeah. I knew if he's out there, what well, yeah. you know, how he was going to drive. Oh yeah. Then the Andretti family. You knew the Unter families. You knew all these families. Oh yeah. And you knew Penske. And now it's like it's hard to know who a lot of the drivers are. No, it really, it really is. I mean, now well, I mean, you've got you know you've got Ray Hall. Uh, you've got the obviously Andretti. But they're almost split in three though. Really, you have Formula One, you have Indy Racing yeah. League, and then I think there's another one too in there. Oh uh, well, you have. I mean, you there's there's actually a bunch, but I mean yeah. they're all you know up and comers and stuff like that. But um, you know, I'll tell you, and this sounds horrible. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Oh God! It's fine. It's called Smugcast for a reason. Uh, <laughs> back in the '60s, early '60s, when I started going to the 500, a veteran, this program would always have two pages in it: veterans, and it could be guys that had run four or five races, and then they had a memorandum page, 
and that was the guys that got killed last year. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it'd be, sometimes there'd be three or four on there, sometimes there'd be six or seven. Yeah, yeah. And they've made racing so safe now, and... Uh, <laughs> you're not losing anybody? You're not losing anybody, <laughs> and, uh, you know, A.J. Foyt ran in 35 500s. Damn. And in a row. Now, well before he got there, the... Uh, the top guy that ran the most 500 was Cliff Brazier, and he'd run in 16. Oh, so, damn. And, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, and that's how it, it wasn't nothing. Uh, I can remember one morning my mom coming into my bedroom, woke me up. She goes, well, another one bit to death yesterday. <laughs> uh, what? And she goes, yeah, Jimmy Clark got killed. Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it. It wasn't nothing unusual to lose one yeah. or two a month. No shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, they either die in an Indy car or a Sprint car. Oh, yeah. Or NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR killed a bunch of them, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, and it was just uh, the nature of the beast. Yeah. It was oh, good. yeah. And uh, uh, we, uh, 1964, Johnny White was Rookie of the Year, finished fourth. The next week, we were over at Terre Haute watching the sprint cars, and he rolled a sprint car and broke his neck and was paralyzed from the neck down from then on. Jesus. And, uh, you see, that's... I, see, I don't get that. You know, like like Tony Stewart, you know, for example, you know, he races NASCAR, but then NASCAR lets him go and race sprint cars. You know, I, I got... I, I, I got a feeling Tony said, "I'm gonna go run. I don't give a shit." What's yeah, this? yeah, I kind of get, I kind of get that too. But and I did get to meet him. Did you? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, I, um, you know, when it comes when it comes to like that, you know, I mean, these guys are race car drivers. You know, I mean, I, we we have a mutual me and Sproles of a friend that's that used to race uh, many sprints growing up. Yeah, and um, you know, they're I remember. You know, just the stories from him, you know, of getting in the wrecks, just in those little bitty ass cars, you know, and yeah. like how they were flipping and kids were getting killed. And, you know, I mean, I, it, you, I think, you know, when you do this type of shit, you know, you know, from a young age that, you know, there's a chance, you know, you're not going to have a very yeah. long life, you know, and it's, you know, but now, you know, the way things are getting safer, you know, we're getting back to, you know, not having any stars, you know, I think, I think we're kind of at that point. To where those stars are start gonna are going to start being born and you know not necessarily born but be a little more recognizable you know like I said with like Ray Hall you know and you got um, freaking uh, Andretti and you know I mean and Andretti's a name you know and so mm. you know once people start it's a brand yeah I mean it, exactly it's but, exactly it you know people Mar- are gonna know that Andretti brand Marco uh, would he have a ride if it wasn't for his dad probably not no. probably not he's not a very good driver. Well, well, I don't want to say that because he drives at 230 miles an hour, and I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, he um, uh, he doesn't have the uh, feel, I guess is the best way to put it, that his dad and his granddad had. Yeah. Because uh, Michael's a hell of a good driver. Yeah. But and they drove cars that I think weren't as easy to drive. Uh, I, I, don't, abs- I, I, yeah. I use easy loosely. I think I think you're right. Uh, so I mean, they had to learn. Mario was was what they called a good chassis man. Yeah, because he could come in and he could tell you, it's a he could come in and tell you what's wrong with the car and what he could do to fix it. Yeah, and uh, it's like uh, 
read a story about in 69 he was driving at a four-wheel drive lotus at the speedway uh-huh. and he was running five mile an hour faster than everybody else but when the first time he drove that car he come back with two notebook pages of things that needed to be changed on it. Oh, shit. And gave it to Lotus. Yeah. And said, this is what you need to fix. Really? And he could do it. Bobby Unser could do that. Al Unser Sr. could do that. AJ, of course, could do it. Yeah. Uh, Rick Mears could do it. Uh, but he, that's drove what, a, he drove a yellow pencil car, didn't he? He did. That. I remember, I remember that, that, that car. You remember, I remember that? that God, I had a, didn't, number four, right? Or uh, was it? One year was right. One year. Well, he also drove the Marlboro car. Oh yeah, that's right. That's and, right. Uh, God, I remember that man. My mom. You know, I just remember. Uh, anyway, you know, <laughs> you know, what Donald Davidson said of Rick Mears. Huh. Said he's the finest human being to ever put on a helmet. Really? Yeah. And uh, I don't find that hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, he was just. A <clears throat> it, it's a funny when you hear him talk about. Uh, 92 he hit the wall real hard out of turn two and it flipped upside down and slid on its top down the back stretch at speedway and uh he talks about you know he had his eyes open he said the pavement's like a quarter of an inch you know sliding away and he goes i'm thinking i've won the 500 four times <laughs> i've been national champion tw- i don't need this <laughs> no it's i mean it, i mean it, it is i don't know man it's just it's crazy I, I i love i love i love that noise i love yeah. that sound there's no other sound you know like it you know and like you said earlier about you know once you experience it once, you want to experience it again and again and again. I wish you were old enough to have heard the Novi. What's that? The no- even- Novi was the fan favorite as a V8 back then, uh, supercharged. Oh, shit. And you talk about making some noise. Oh, I bet. Oh, you could, you'd damn near hear that thing in Greenwood when you hit the track. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I'm thinking, uh, like Lil Al, why I like him so much was in 82 for the 500, he wasn't in it, but ABC had would do the coverage uh, the night of the race. Yeah. And I was watching it, and uh, they was interviewing him on the possibility of being there next year, driving next year, and he said he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps. And he said, I don't mean as a driver. He goes, I mean as a person. If I can follow, stay one step behind my dad in his footsteps, I'll be satisfied. And yeah. I thought, Boy, that's how much I like my dad. You know, I love uh, yeah, him. Yeah. And then in '87, uh, Big Al won his fourth, and Little Al finished fifth, I think. And they had him at Victory Dinner, and uh, I remember the MC said, "There's probably nobody else you'd rather see win that than your dad, huh?" And Little Al said, "Well, I was in the race too." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he got done, when they got done, they said, "Okay." And he goes, "Well, he goes, I'm gonna take an extra minute here." He goes, "Seeing how my dad's king of the hill, I figure I can do that." I have. <laughs> he goes, "I just want to say that there's no kid in the world that is prouder of his dad than I am of mine today or yesterday." Oh, I bet. And I just want to say, I love you, Dad. And he said that, you know, in front of, and I thought, "My God, what a great kid that is!" Yeah, and, hell yeah. Uh, so. I don't care what he's done wrong or anything. Yeah. He's still, he's my hero. Oh, yeah. He always will be. And I would uh, love to call him one of my good friends. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. 
if he remembers talking to me good uh-huh oh hell yeah man <laughs> my son calls me a poo-poo butt yeah. well <laughs> that's all i get well you don't drive 230 mile an hour yeah your yeah. son calls everybody a poo-poo butt. he does he does <laughs> guilty so so who uh i have some uh hang on real oh fast. yeah go ahead yeah. go ahead all right i got some trivia here for for him uh-oh no, oh no no no, oh, no 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 i he's already answered some of them so there's three drivers tied for four any 500 wins yeah who are the three drivers oh al answer senior rick mears and aj Foyt. that's right now who is the this guy <laughs> son of a bitch. who's the who's the active driver with the most wins with three i was he was part of my he was part of my next question <laughs> i love this being, being really excited because he somebody that remembers things see, oh yeah it's awesome oh yeah uh uh who holds the most records for the career career pole positions with six rick mears son of a bitch he's hot um <laughs> 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 uh, now this one I'll, now this one the most successful car owner which has a total of 16 total wins and 17 pulls. Roger Penske. Hot man there oh, it is I was going to say that. Actually, it, I was going to say Penske for some now, reason. Now, do you knew, know who the second one against owner is? No. Lou Moore. Lou Moore? Yeah. <laughs> wasn't on here. Just, you can't stump the questioner. <laughs> the um, No, no, that's fine. The, in what year was the first race uh, ran, and do you know the winner? Oh, the uh, very first 500? Yeah. yeah, 1911, Ray Haroon. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 here, now, here is... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> this, is, this is not necessarily a question, but because uh, it hasn't always been called the Indy 500, right? Well, they've, they also called it the Indianapolis 500 sweepstakes. But that, So, like, but I don't know, and I could be completely wrong on this. I probably am because I don't do research. Um but uh <laughs> i do sir. I, I actually, he's the one that does the research but like technically this isn't the 101st running right yes it is the it 101st is. running yes because i thought there was there was like some stipulation because like it was well, first it was called something and then it was called something else no it, it was always been the indianapolis 500 sometimes they call it the sweepstakes yeah. the 500 mile sweepstakes uh, but the reason it's 101st and the first race was in 1911, instead of being the 106, they shut down for one year during World War One and four years during World War Two. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I should have probably researched that a little better. Didn't he get in like disrepair on World War Two or something? Like, like they had to do well, a bunch of upkeep on it to run it again. Or they something? abandoned it in 1941 after the 41 race and the world when the war started they abandoned it and so it set idle for four years oh and even had a pack of uh when uh, tony hallman went to look at it about buying it it even had a pack of wild dogs running in the infield really yeah Yeah, actually the race originally advertised advertised as an international 500 mile sweep six race from 1911 to 1916 However, from its inception, it's always been known as the Indianapolis 500. Gotcha, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, Tony Holman, I'll tell you a story Donald Davidson tells. Now, this is how he he got the money to buy the track. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Rickenbacker owned it, the World War I ace, and the founder of Eastern Airlines. But he wanted $750,000 for it. He said that's what he's put into it, that's what he'll take. 
Well, Tony Hallman had a friend, supposedly, that's the way I, I heard the story, that did concessions in Chicago. And the day they were talking to Rickenbacker, they called him and they said, how much would you pay to have exclusive concessions at the Indianapolis 500? And he said, I'll get back with you. And he talked over to his people and called back and said, $750,000. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, okay, we'll buy it. Victory. (laughs) So, uh, you know, well, part of uh, what what, uh, BJ was talking about, about your questions in the the guy who is – who has three wins, which is Mr. Castro Nevis. Um, I personally would like him to like to be able to see him win a fourth. Do you? Oh yeah. Do you? Yeah, I think it'd be great. I think it would too. I mean, uh, he's a good. Dude. He seems like a, just a freaking awesome dude. Yeah. As long as AJ was the first, that's all that matters. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rick Mears got it. He he deserved it. Uh, Big Al deserved it too because yeah. he's such such a good driver and good equipment. Helio's. Uh, he's just a. A flamboyant uh, loves life. Yeah, seems and I, like I would like to like. Yeah, I'd like to see him do it. Yeah. Uh, you think it'll happen this year? Uh, I don't know. I haven't got a. You, I, I, I just for some reason I've got a feeling for Scott Dixon. Really? Now why I don't know, but yeah, I just uh, I got to meet him. Also, very nice man. Very yeah. nice. Very good looking wife. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Is a is a lover of women. <laughs> yeah. uh, got the picture. Got my picture taken with Linda Vaughn one time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there is some top shelf talent out there during that time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she uh she was very very nice. She I uh, I said Linda, could I get my picture taken with you? Well, sure, sweetie, come over here. And uh, she put her arm around me and stuff and. Uh, some other guys come up and and uh, they told her how beautiful she was, or they were asking if the picture taken with her. And she goes, "I don't know why y'all want your picture taken with me. I'm so dirty." <laughs> and uh, she'd been out the track all day, and one guy's drunk, and he said, "Well, you look pretty good to me." And she goes, "Well, you're drunk too." So. <laughs> now I think I might have one where I can stump him on. Oh, okay. all right, I'm ready. I'm ready all for right. this. You know who Graham Hill is, correct? Sure. Okay. What what is he the only driver to ever uh, be complete? Complete. Uh, I get me like win the five hundred in Monaco. Is That's that what it. You're about? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Hill. Uh, by the way, Graham Hill has a one hell of a mustache. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had. I mean, look, this guy's. Look at. I mean, seriously, look how sexy this guy is. Oh man, that's beautiful. Is he French? I don't know. No, he was English. Oh shit! But he won the Indiana, beautiful. Mustache. He won the Indianapolis 500, the 24 Hours Le Mans, and the Monaco Grand Prix, um, because in 1961, Indianapolis dropped out of the World Championship Series. In '87, the Monaco race date was changed. Mm. So, but he is the only one that ever um, do it. 17 uh, drivers in motorsports have tried it, but they're the only one. I think he won Monaco like six times, didn't he? Uh, I didn't look that up. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya is the only active driver to have won two of the three events. Yeah. Earnhardt tried it, Junior, but him yeah. and he caught on fire. Well, that's what, <laughs> he, he caught, caught on fire. fire. He did. Um, he did the twenty-four hour um, Le Mans, and uh, yeah. you know, catching on fire. You is, know, AJ uh, Foyt won the twenty-four hour Le Mans. Yep, sixty-seven is. Um, has yeah. there ever? And I, I can't remember. I probably know this, but um, where they do, you know, because you have the Indy five hundred, and then later that night you have the Coca Cola six hundred. Has yeah. there ever been anybody actually win both? No, no. Has there not? No, John Andretti, 
Tony Stewart are the only two I can think Didn't, of. Um, oh, Robbie Robbie Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- he attempted to do it. And then Danica Patrick thought about doing it, I believe. Oh, Danica Patrick. Well, she, wouldn't know what, she couldn't even win a fucking indie race. I hate her. She, she, yeah, she did win one by default. Yeah, right? out, out in Japan. Well, Japan, yeah. yeah. But wasn't it on a yellow flag or something? No, nah, just fuel mileage. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I knew there was some stipulation. She, uh, She's mean. Well, I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you a quick story. When when Foyt was down at Atterbury, yeah, that was the year that Danica qualified bad at Indianapolis and blamed the car and the crew. And you know, it wasn't her fault. I know uh, how to get around this track. It's not yeah. my fault. And uh, I asked AJ. I said, I said, I got to ask you something. I said, I hate bringing up this name. I said, but has an Andretti ever made a mistake on the track? And he said, No. And then he shoulder bumped me. And he said, that's why Danica's driving for the right team. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a lot of truth in that statement. So I looked around at all the generals. I said, yeah, he'd shoulder bump me, not you. <laughs> Danica's the only, only driver to actually put her own boyfriend in the wall. Yeah, yeah. I it's, love you. She's a... Uh, watch, your, watch your concussion. Yeah, because she was dating... Ricky uh, Stenhouse. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, Wait, I got to... I got to... Yeah. No, go ahead. My, as my dad would say, Buck Owens is probably the only person who made as much money as she has with less talent. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is, is that a hee-haw have you, reference? But, but have you seen, those, know. Have you my, seen those GoDaddy commercials? Damn. My dad did not like Buck Owens. I don't know. <laughs> he was on hee-haw, right? Yeah. He played the, like the, the Star Spangled Banner guitar, right? Oh, sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to pick him. I'm a picking. He's a grinning. <laughs> Fucking hee-haw reference. I am loving this. Or <laughs> you gonna say? Um, now you got to you got to take your mouth away from the mic when you get to the part. Okay. But explain to these guys like the morning when when you wake us all up. What do you do oh. every freaking year? I'll I'll move it back a little bit. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I come out of the bedroom and I stand at the end of the hallway and I go. Everybody up! It's race day in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Loud as shit, and oh, it I scares bet. you. <laughs> I bet it's like you waking me up after two hours of sleep, and I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> so when you get up, when you get up race day, just think of that. I know, man. I, I um. Oh shit! Sorry. Um, I'm gonna get. I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna end up getting tickets. Like I, I was looking at <laughs> before before you guys got here, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna ask him where we should sit because, like I said, I've always sat in turn three. You know, it was always felt like I could watch, you know, coming coming out of two, down the back stretch, you know, through. And then you, you miss a little bit, but then you can see him coming out yeah. of four. Well, we've got great seats. We're in Section 70 of Tire Terrace. I think they're great seats because we can see the entire main straightaway. Yeah. We can see him most of the fourth turn and uh, see him coming into the pits and see him going into the first turn. And plus we get to see all the pageantry that morning. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, yeah. I really like that. Oh I yeah. Just, uh, back when I first started going, back in the, in the early '60s, Eddie Sachs was my favorite driver. And when the bands would go march around the track, Eddie Sachs a lot of times would march behind him. Yeah. And wave to the crowd. And in '63, uh, what a showman he was! Uh, we were sitting in turn three, and uh, as he come into turn three with Mike. 15 20 laps to go his left rear tire came off and he went into the wall and uh and i didn't get to see it but i saw it on film was uh when the race was winding down or was over he was going down the main straightaway 
wheel on that tire that had come off his car waving <laughs> so he's he was quite a showman he yeah. was he was uh he's quite a guy yeah yeah and i'll tell you if you got time yeah no uh my uh he was my favorite driver and he got killed in 64 well a few, couple three years ago uh they come out with a book called black sunday and it's about the 64 race and talk about him being buried in bethlehem pennsylvania and uh <clears throat> we had tickets to go to Pocono that year in Pennsylvania, and my wife used to be a travel agent, so she made all the travel nightly yeah. hotel reservations, and I s- called her up, and I said, where were you uh, staying at? And she goes, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, it said it was in the Holy Savior graves- graveside, and so we got to our hotel Saturday afternoon, and of course it wasn't ready. It- rooms are never ready, seems like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we went out and put holy savior cemetery in the gps and we was within a mile of it yeah so we went there and and uh pulled in it got it must have been 25 30 acres i'm in a huge cemetery and i will well, never find it and and uh wife said well let's go to the office and ask them yeah. well fourth of july weekend the office was closed oh shit and we saw two people. We asked them. One of them had never heard of him. Another one said, "Yeah, I heard it, but I didn't know he was buried here." So, uh-huh. And so I thought, "Well, what the hell?" So I looked up findagrave.com on my phone, and it had a picture of it. There's a freaking findagrave.com. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, so there was a picture of it that had trees and a field behind it. And so I just held the camera up and started panning across the cemetery. Yeah. I said. It's got to be there. It's got to be over there. Yeah. And we walked, went over there, drove over there, and third row, we walked in there, found it. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Uh, and it was just a flat headstone, you know, uh, military headstones, what it was. Yeah. Because he was in the Navy in World War II. And my wife said, you know, God, it's pretty cheap. And I said, well, that's back in the 60s when yeah. those guys ran every night, every week just to put food on the table. Yeah. And uh, so... I said they probably didn't have the money for a headstone. Yeah, and uh, but it was kind of neat to find oh, yeah. it. And uh, I've uh, oh, and it's like this year we're going to go to uh, the Iowa race out in Iowa, and while we're out there, we're going to go to the Badlands and Mount Rushmore and oh yeah, Hell Custer yeah. Custer Battlefield. You're and, retired. You can do that. Living yeah. it up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been to, since I've been retired. Been to Disney World twice. <laughs> <laughs> you just retired six months ago. Yeah, living it up. We bought we bought a new car, first brand new car we've ever had. Yeah, uh, just before I retired, and we've already got seventeen thousand miles on it. Damn. So uh, maybe if you have me on next year, I'll tell you I got thirty four thousand yeah, miles. No, on it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, this uh, this is awesome. I'm I'm glad you. <clears throat> glad you came in i know we talked about this a while back and and well actually what started it was the video that mr sproles did and uh he was showing bj about it and we were like oh man well it's coming up we gotta did a great job tell some story oh yeah of course he always won the contest yes i did and uh oh it was great it was doug bowles called me himself president of the speedway yeah and he said we're gonna make this the greatest may of your life and he wasn't lying Uh uh-huh and uh I got two silver badges, and that was, uh, luckily I didn't have any health issues then, and so I had a silver badge, so I was out there every day. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
I, uh, and he also said, you're going to get two cold passes too. And I said, okay, what's a cold pass? Yeah. And he goes, well, that gets you down on the starting grid before an hour before the race. Oh, shit. I said, do you mean to tell me? <laughs> just, 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 how, just how hard did your dick get? Oh, I mean, tell you. <laughs> I said, you mean to tell me that when they're playing on the banks of the Wabash and pushing the cars out from the pits onto the track for the start that I get to be down there? He goes, yep, that's what it means. I said, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a quick story. We got it, got him for the Grand Prix of Indianapolis that, earlier that month. So... You know, it says on there you got to leave an hour before the start of the race. Yeah. So, hour before the start of the race, we left the starting grid and went up to our seats. And, and about 20 minutes before the start of the race, everybody not associated with the cars got to leave the, the starting grid. Well, shit, I could have been down there another 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I made the statement that come race day, they're going to have to kick me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so race day, I was down there walking and and uh, one of the kids was with me, and and a yellow shirt stopped me and looked at my cold pass, and he said, you were supposed to be out of here a half hour ago. I said, didn't hear the announcement, so. <laughs> <laughs> I got and I got those passes for the Brickyard because one of the company I work with sponsored one of the cars. And just being down on the track, and they were playing the national anthem before it yeah. started, I mean – and then you hear that, and then we we actually sat in the um, the what the the crew chiefs. We sat right behind the crew chief, right? Yeah. And just as soon as they start those engines, it's kind of like like when you shoot a gun. Yeah. Like that part, of, even if you may not be the manliest man, you hear the engines, you yeah. shoot a gun. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you get that you get that little shot of dopamine going, mm-hmm. a little adrenaline going. Well, I always yeah. thought. I mean, think about it. Guns are loud. Cars are loud. Oh what, yeah. What do we not hear when those happen? Our wife's talking. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I'm done. I'm taking. I'm taking my wife this year, so that's a good. That's a good thing. Oh, God. <laughs> I take my. I take my wife every year. She makes everything wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's she fixes. Uh, now, Phil, she will fix. Uh, everybody gets a little lunch bag going up to the stands for the race. It's got a ham and cheese sandwich or a roast beef and cheese sandwich and a couple things of water and some potato chips and you know just uh now if it was up to me it'd be nothing but fried chicken but (laughs) (laughs) that's what we always used to eat and uh she uh but she she works her tail off and uh she used to get up and fix biscuits and gravy and uh in the morning we take out there with it but now one of the boys is going to fix the gravy. We just got to heat up the biscuits. Yeah. And uh, so we won't, she don't have to get up that early. And uh, But it's just, God, it's just, I, I just, I, I find it hard. It's just impossible to put into words what it means. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just, I can see that. It's, it's just. Uh, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a, it's an, it's an amazing it is an amazing experience. It's a spectacle. It is. It is. They say it's. I mean, it's the greatest spectacle in racing, and it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've never been up next to an Indy car, like that's a big fucking car, and that son of a bitch is going two hundred and thirty mm-hmm. plus mile an hour around that damn track, you know, inches from a wall, 
and you know, ain't not, nobody in here could do that. Pucker factor. Oh man, my butthole will pucker I so quick. I couldn't, I couldn't fit in it. <laughs> that's, that's a possibility. You drive NASCAR, maybe? No, I tried, <laughs> I, I tried to get in one of those too. That I couldn't get in that one either. Oh no, shit. When, well, when I, I was supposed to get in the car. <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's like, well, it's here. Let's take hey, this bitch for a spin. Tim got in the two seater. You can get it in a jalopy. They had to get on both sides and like push my shoulders. <laughs> they did. They did. Like these guys were like, son of a bitch. But once that thing took off, I had plenty of room. Dude. I was, oh, yeah. I was hoping he wasn't going to be able to get it, so I'd take it. You uh, suck. <laughs> you suck. And when that when that car rolled off, I went, son of a bitch. <laughs> no man i i it is i mean it is i mean it's a great experience it's i think everybody who uh if you're listening to this if you haven't been it's it's worth going take a friend um you get there early i mean i I, you know i've i was always one of those guys that you know got there later on you know just you know 30 40 minutes for the for the race started and you watch the race and then you just left right afterwards Mm -hmm. and then you know i went with you guys that one time and you know i it's almost like why I don't want to go back is because I'm like, well, that, you know, I had that one experience. And even though, you know, there's some shitty parts throughout the day, you know, it was still, it was amazing, you know, because you, you, you literally get there as soon as, as soon as you can. I mean, as soon as it's daylight, you're at the track, you know, and we didn't leave until what? Probably seven o'clock that night. Probably. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, they set up shop, you had breakfast, you know, you ate at the track, then you came back, you had supper, you know, all this while still sitting around this just monstrosity of a place that is, that is probably the greatest experience you'll, you'll ever have, you know, next to your kids being born, but now you can yeah. hear them downstairs and that's not so much anymore. But, you but, know, <laughs> we get there early enough to where we can watch the sun come up over the tire terrace and yep. that's, that's beautiful. That's just it's yeah. uh I, w- I wish i got it as i wish i was as in love with something as you are the race indy 500 i've always said you are that. yourself well, well no, damn, that's, that's a little bit different <laughs> damn. You know, I, can't, I can't help it i'm beautiful i know it's like uh, a couple years ago at the end of the race we got back and i sat in a chair and went to sleep yeah passed out I've done I, that too. and i don't drink oh I was but drunk. i just i was out and uh my daughter took the picture and uh, put it on Facebook and said, Dad's Christmas is over. Oh, what yeah. What a race. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, man. I wish I was as, as passionate about that as, you but, know, or about something as you are about it. It's it's uh, it's neat because uh, I, I can remember started out with two tickets for me and my wife. And we're up to, we get 16 tickets now. Damn. And, uh. That's a good time, though. It is. It's it, fun. Everybody has a blast, and uh, it, uh, you know, and uh, the year Mr. Sproles here was, uh, did his uh, engagement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ask his wife to marry him. At the track. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, did you see yeah. it? Yeah, you saw. That year, the race didn't start till 1 o'clock. Yeah. But he said, you got to have everybody in their seats by 10. Oh, shit. And, uh, I was doing photography that day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only open That's the only, time I had. Only yeah. break he had, and I, and he told me why, and I said okay, and I didn't say nothing to nobody else, and I said, come on, we need to get about nine thirty. I said, come on, we need to get in there, and uh, one of the husbands asked the daughter, said, why are we going there so early for? And the race doesn't start. 
She goes, Dad said, let's go. Shut up. (laughs) 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 Don't don't worry about it. It's my day. It's, uh, I hate to say it, but I probably do take advantage of it being my day because they will, other ones will say, shut up. It's what he wants to do. It's his day. (laughs) uh, That's awesome, though, man. I mean, mean, it's, you know, it's your family respects you know your love for it enough to you know do what do what you want to do man it is your day you know you want to live it to its fullest well i had a cousin that i used to go with and he would get eight or nine people to go and he would always tell me when i first time i got eight tickets he said you're never going to get them there on time i said yeah well and he said no no you don't know how hard that is and i said no you don't understand i said these people love me I said, and the last thing they want to do is disappoint me on race day. I said, they'll disappoint me on Christmas, on my birthday, but not on race day. <laughs> they will be there. I guarantee yeah. you. We yeah. lock that shit up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we've never had to wait. We've always left when we wanted to. Uh, but, like, you know, I got my tickets uh, at home, locked up in a gun vault. No shit. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so if you if you wanted to get my tickets you're gonna get shot get me. <laughs> <laughs> give me one second here <laughs> i i gotta i'll tell you what morning because uh ap you're saying you're probably gonna get tickets yeah morning of and probably after the race i'll i'll hit up twitter i mean if People want to come out and just say hi to us. I mean, just uh, oh yeah, man. I oh mean, yeah, people come on be, out. Yeah, they're going to be all over the place. So we'll uh, we'll link up with AP. We'll give you guys a show, tell you where we're at. Yeah, and just stop yeah, by and stop by, and say, say hi, hey, man. Yeah, and just remember, I'm 65 years old. So if I'm not there, I'm probably in the pisser. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I you know. Rich, thanks, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks we, for having uh, me. We uh, appreciate we appreciate. It. I, I I look I look forward to this every year. I I do what I can to either listen to it, and if I'm not going to it, and then when it comes back, when it finally you know comes on the TV, I watch it. And my wife goes, well, "Why do you watch it? You already know who won." I'm like, "Yeah, but I didn't get to see it." Well, one more quick thing. Yeah, eighty nine. Little Al and Emerson Fittipaldi uh, wrecked in the third turn, touched each and little Al went to the wall and Fittipaldi kept going to win and as he come as Fittipaldi come around after they touched he got the white flag so that's and uh, Paul Page probably did the greatest part of announcing in those last five laps ever yeah because they had the in-car cameras and Paul Page wasn't saying a word he wasn't letting anybody say anything and it was just quiet you know yeah and uh, one time little Al pulls out to pass Emerson on the main straightaway and you saw Fittipaldi cut him off, and uh, Paul Page said, Little Lyle tries. Fittipaldi says no. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then he doesn't talk again until they touch and hit the wall. Yeah. And it, it's just it's just the greatest, to me, it was the greatest piece of broadcasting I ever saw, yeah. I ever heard. And uh, seeing that was Little Lyle, I would watch it over and oh, yeah. over. And my wife would say, you think he's going to make it through the turn this time? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I, said, I can always hope. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. But this, we could literally do this for hours, but we're going to have to end it. And, 
I uh, yeah, this is this is a good time for me, man. I mean, this this brings back a lot of memories, you know, from when I was a kid. My mom takes us to the track, first set of boobies I ever saw. Woo! I mean, it was you know, I, I I got a lot of memories. Like I said, you know, I'm, just as long as it wasn't the last set. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> See, several since then. <laughs> but they, um, you know, like I said, cooler full of squeezits, some ham sandwiches. I mean, I, I can I can still, you know, we a lot of times we would sit right there between uh, three and four. I don't know then, why. That's just where we sit. And then, you know, the time I saw the boobies, we was down there behind the pits. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I've got a lot of experience around that track. You know, made Mr. Sproles dump a girl and turn three one time. So, I mean, holy I, crap, I remember that. <laughs> he dumped on a girl? No, he No, no I made <laughs> him just being, she was. I, I made him dump a girl. <laughs> he, he was just trying to, man, you need to drop this chick. I was like, okay. <laughs> she was a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna have my boy hang out with some bitch. So I dropped a girl out there in '72. <laughs> I did. I, I, right. I did. We were si- we were sitting <laughs> sitting in Grandstand Inn, which isn't there anymore. And about halfway through the race, and I guess I was enjoying myself because she, you know, was getting jealous, and she said, "I'm sick." And, you know, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and she goes, "I want to go home." I said, "Go." <laughs> and she goes what i said you walk straight ahead there to 30th street turn right take it to arlington hang another right go to 26 you're home and, uh, <laughs> and she goes i want you to take me i said fucking wait till the race is over i ain't moving <laughs> it goes set in the shade yeah <laughs> uh. no but it's 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 it is a good time i've i've, I've had a lot of a lot of memories from the track i haven't been to nearly as many as you have but uh it's uh, it's great to hear. You're working on it. We're, am, we're both working. It on It is, man. It's great to hear those stories. You know, just well, just get just, you get to tell them. You get to tell your own stories in a few years. And oh yeah, I'll be dead and gone, watching down, and and if you get it wrong, I'll fucking haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> you already used to afraid of ghosts as it was. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm terrified of ghosts. Don't you dare come down and haunt me. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it should be a good time. So everybody, uh, make a trip. You got. You got a week, make a trip, buy some tickets. There's always there's always tickets available. Not you can sit in the infield with all the idiots. Oh yeah, uh, I've been in there a few times. That's that's actually where Mr. Sproles uh, dumped the girl. Was in the infield <laughs> in turn three. We were rather intoxicated, but it's a good time. It's a great spectacle. Uh, I I mean I can't I can't I can't tell you enough. It's it is it is amazing to see to hear to smell. I mean, it's 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 it is it's great, you know. So <clears throat> check it out. You can go. I would give their website, but just search Indy Five Hundred tickets. You'll find them. They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you wanna if you wanna follow us, you can find us on Twitter. It's at uh, Smugcast Show. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Smugcast underscore AP. Uh, you can follow Mr. BJ. It's at the BJ Robbins. Uh, you can follow Mr. Sproles. It's at Sproles TV, unless you've changed it. Nope. All right. We're good. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash smugcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's uh, at smugcast underscore. Uh, if you got any shitty emails or anything you want to send us, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to send them bitches to smugcastshow at gmail.com. They will return on our next episode. I did not use them on this one. Yeah, we, yeah, we <clears throat> kind of wanted to play this one kind of not so stupid. Just because it was kind of important to us. So, um, 
Uh, don't forget, uh, you can go to uh, rangernutrition.com. Use promo code SMUGCAST. You will get 15% off your order. Uh, also, Jay's Wings and Seafood over on the east side of Indianapolis. Uh, you can pop in there, give them promo code SMUGCAST, and you'll get 10% off your order. Also, big shout out to Repo Records. Uh, they help us out with the audio each and every week. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, real fast here. Go uh, go on YouTube. Make sure check out Concepts' new video, Hug Someone. Oh, yes. I just yes. spoke to him last week, which is uh, still a nerd about that. Yeah, he text, he, he's texting me. <laughs> fucking South Korea. Or where the fuck he's at? Uh, Asia. Somewhere in Asia. South and, Asia. And then also... Uh, uh, June the 9th uh, via Champagne Connie Incorporated Sony uh, Music Asia 14 Hours Ahead will come out on all social media platforms make sure to check it out and then uh, we'll have him on here I think mid-June yeah so uh, check us out you can check us out on YouTube go over and hit that subscribe button just search Smugcash you will see our ugly mugs uh, don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review us uh, <clears throat> It's not going to get us in that new and noteworthy category, but it's nice to at least it's nice to at least see somebody give us some feedback. Be somebody. So, uh, I think that's it. Anybody got anything else? We good? Mm-hmm. Don't forget to go to the Indy Five Hundred, folks. Let's eat. All right. Well, till next time. Stay, stay smug. smug.